0: This is firefighter Raphael Porriette, reminding you that every day, a portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards helping first responders. Try the new pastrami rubin loaded with hot pastrami, sweet and tangy slaw, and melted Swiss. For a limited time, get a medium pastrami Reuben for just $6.39. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more
1: lives. Limited time offer at participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.
0: To this latest edition of Damn You Hollywood, I am Robert Winfrey, and tonight we're going to be tackling oh, what is it? Uh, Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the novel of the same name, that was a giant nostalgia trip for anyone born roughly about the same time I was. Uh, that's uh, that's what we got this week. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of gimmicks for the opening to this about. Uh, sorry about that. I, just, I don't have it, brown. Sorry didn't think it through about this one, but, uh, fortunately for you all, I, alone, I have with me my usual partner, Crumb, and who is, in his own right, fed up all of this nonsense, he is especially mortified, Mark are how you doing, Mark?
1: Hello, sir, how are you, uh, technical difficulties aside, and I am, uh, very excited to be doing this review, I actually, I actually have things to say about this movie, If this wasn't the usual, ooh, shiny things and special effects, it's wonderful, 100%. This is not going to be that kind of review, Robert Winfrey. I have critical things to say, believe it or not. Uh Uh-huh. I'll
0: believe it when I hear it. (laughs) All right.
1: Okay, um... It'd really be be cool. hey, come on. I When I first walked out of there, I was like, that oh, that's fun. You know, I, as usual, I asked my kids what they think, and my daughter thought it was funny when the one kid said, Nin- ninjas don't hug. That was her big takeaway. My son's big takeaway was I thought Mario was in this, as in, you know, Mario and Luigi. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, the, and and as long as this movie was as as hard as it was a little bit for him to follow, he liked King Kong, and he only had to go to the bathroom once. So overall, it was succe- it was a successful outing for the Rattledge family. But why don't me go ahead and introduce our guest. Yeah, go for it,
0: because this is our li- this is my life now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Alright, uh, so, friend of the network and someone whom, with whom we share content with, he's the, I, I, what, I don't know what your title is, I was going to call you President, because I was just taking a guess, but he's the something or other for the Wrestling to the Max podcast, ladies and gentlemen, our good friend Sean Garmer, how do you do, sir?
2: How are you guys doing, uh, always a fan of y'all's content of course and just i am the co-host of the rest is the max podcast so we basically gary and i share it together we started the whole thing it started the whole network and everything else we do
1: until one of you uh stabs the other one in the back and you know takes the whole thing public and your and your and your shares in the thing plummet is that how that works
3: Oh,
0: I
2: hope not. <laughs>
0: I mean, that is usually how those things go, if nothing else. That's
1: a Facebook joke, ladies and gentlemen. It's also a joke from the social network. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, it's good to have you here, Sean. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, people... Anything
0: to spare me from Mark?
1: Oh, shut up. Um...
0: <laughs> that, to be fair, that does work both ways. Like.
1: So Sean, you um I always like to know when you know when when people actually reach out to us and say hey i 've heard your show, and despite that, I actually want to be on it um, <laughs> it does make me
0: question the the higher functioning, you know, the brain level act the brain yeah. levels of yeah i I have to much brain activity I usually
1: have to take a moment and go, really, okay, sure, um, what brought you to the dancer uh, I, I i'm guessing huge fan of the movie and all of that and and, and the source material, but what specifically?" made you uh hot to trot to come on here and talk about Ready Player One.
2: Well, I did see the movie over the weekend and uh obviously being a huge gamer and all that stuff and fan of the pop culture, I kind of felt like I knew what I was getting into and then I watched the movie and I enjoyed it and then I'm halfway through the book right now. So
1: I figured it is an interesting perspective to bring.
3: All right. Okay. So uh, I'll
0: see if i three of us are the only one who really read the book All the way through
1: it. Uh, That is correct. Vernon. So all
0: right. I know. You're a Nazi. We get it.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, I'll tell you what, though. I was sent from uh, presidential candidate for the Democrat Party, Andrew Yang, sent me his book, The War on Normal People, and we might be uh, getting to interview him. Well, I might be getting to interview him next week. So I will read something that is in a comic book. So there.
0: Yeah, instead you read socialist crap.
1: All right, fair enough. The basic income guarantee is the future. But speaking of the future, why don't you give us a synopsis of Ready Player One? The future in
0: two hundred years when we have fully automated everything and have AI that's actually like tried to wipe us out at least
1: twice. This Until is what that I point. It's this a pipe is pipe dream. This is what I put up with every week, Sean. Do you do you feel my pain? Oh, uh, I feel your pain a little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know. Sorry, I'm the lone sane person. It's okay. I've been known to have that effect on people. Um, All right.
1: All right, Mr. Sane Person, why don't you do your synopsis?
0: uh, All right. Before jumping quite into that, Mark, I have to ask you something about this particular film being on the list for uh, uh, being on our review list this week. I I can't formulate sentences today for some reason. Yeah,
1: you're really off your game. Do we need to stop and start again? Do you need to go get a stretch? No, no, I'm good.
0: It's best to just work through it, like. Okay. If I started and restart if I stopped and restarted it just I'd basically wind up here where I am. It's just, it's better to just kind of plow through this.
1: Speaking of plowing through, what's your question?
0: If Steven Spielberg had not directed this, would you have put it on the schedule? Yes. Really?
1: Ready player 1, look, I haven't read the book. Um I was born in 1976, not 1986. But I I'm aware of the pop cultural significance of the novel. I'm aware of. I mean, Sean Comer talked to me about this book a couple years ago and was like, "Oh, I can't wait for when they finally get the movie out." So, if this wasn't this this didn't make the uh, infamous and Broadcasting Network schedule because it's a Steven Spielberg movie. I mean, the BFG was a Spielberg movie too, and we all know how that ended up. Um,
0: Financial this... disaster, but actually somewhat of a critical success, if memory serves.
1: Uh, critical, shmittical. Um Ready Player One would have made the list because it was well, it was deemed to be a blockbuster, regardless of who was directing it. But be- but also because of its uh, science fiction and fantasy uh, worth.
0: All
1: right, good to know that.
0: Uh, I'm just I'm trying to get a fix on how you. Uh, I mean, I know you have the basics. We discussed the basics of how you apply videos to the schedule. And then, I mean, like, you must have this tremendous amount of, since you've started scheduling these things out a year in advance, the empathy you feel for those, like, Sean Shelby over at the UFC trying to get a card to stay together must be
1: tremendous. My heart actually broke for you. I, I was considering coming to Utah to 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 let you rest your head on my shoulder when I saw the, Nurmaga Madoff, uh, Tony Ferguson fight had once again fallen apart. Nah, I expected it to fall through.
0: <laughs> uh, like I say that without gimmick. Like that fight is cursed. It will never. It will happen like eight years from now in Bellator. That's just how that's gonna go.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yes, there is an algorithm that I apply to picking movies. I and, I and I am trying to open this up a little bit more speaking of novel adaptations to adaptations of uh, more adaptations of novels. Like if there were more time in uh in the schedule for us to fit a f- few more movies in there. There are a couple of novel adaptations that I saw that are coming out in the next 2 years that I was looking at and said, "Okay, well maybe uh, these would be fun movies to review, and they and they exist in the science fiction fantasy realm. Problem is, we're sharing the schedule also with TV releases and other things that are going on. So some stuff just has to get cut. But this didn't.
0: Um, I get that. I, I, I'm also again like I understand the basics. I'm also trying to figure out the uh, the nuance. You know, I, we have the broad strokes. I am now trying to figure out the subtleties that go into how you decide these things, and then you know. I get to laugh at you a little bit more when they shift around what release dates at the last possible minute because it amuses me um alright what
1: I I was about to say Sean do you feel my pain whenever you get those announcements about the uh you know we've (laughs) hey remember these movie releases yeah we've shifted them to another year and I want to throw things around my house
2: Uh, yep I get that with games all the time because I'm sitting here getting ready every month I have to get ready for what games I'm going to have to ask a publisher for or whatever, and they go, oh, this <laughs> got delayed like four months, and I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Well, that got scratched <laughs> off
1: there. It's like, uh, the, I mean, it's like the puppet from it's Crank been, Yankers. Your, your clipboard goes over your shoulder one way, the pencil, the other.
0: I mean, to be fair, Mark, there's a degree of this that you bring on yourself. You still think Gambit's a thing. It's
1: going to come out, I swear it. I swears it. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I mean, you're reaching, like, flat-earth levels of delusion about this. I just want to point that out.
2: That movie's
1: not coming out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, it was nice All having right. you on the show.
0: All right. Uh, we've we we've hit about our ten minutes of just random BS time. So moving on to the actual plot synopsis for Ready Player One. Here's your warning, everyone. Uh, I'm going to tell you what happens if you... <laughs> Don't want to know. That's your warning. I, I, I fundamentally hate that I have to give those. Like people are just that stupid. But all right. Anyway, moving on. We are talking about again, Ready Player One. I uh, I will go over differences between film and novel if necessary. At a, later on in the show, uh, we open with voiceover narration because who doesn't love that? Uh, the film is set in the future 2045 yes <sighs> who wrote this this plot synopsis is terribly written I, god damn it all right uh, anyway we are our primary character that we're going to be that we follow is a kid by the name of Wade Watts he introduces us to the basic texture of the world as it exists again some you know it Thirty years in the future for one, I'm saying thirty. Just that's what I'm going with. I know it's not exact. When life revolves around a virtual reality sort of portal to the internet, they refer to as the Oasis. It's actually a, a acronym. I almost said initialization, but you can pronounce it, so it's an acronym. And sets up the central conflict, which is a quest to become the ruler of the oasis. This is, again, this has become the pervasive thing. It is the essentially the next iteration of the internet. And the people who created it just had a very pure vision for it, a, a nearly neurotically so. And when one of the creators, in fact, the guy who owned everything, died rather than leave his holdings in the form of a will like a, or a trust like a normal person, devised an elaborate series of games within the Oasis and the first person to successfully complete all of them inherits these, like, trillion dollar uh, it's not even a currency, it's like, a uh, Funny money? God, money? My brain is fr- no, 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 it, it Commodity—it's a multi—it's like a trillion-dollar commodity that he will be able to inherit and then run as sees fit. Because Lord knows, giving teenagers that kind of power is a good idea. Um, It's—it's not.
1: You're on one editorialization. You have two yeah, left. That's one. Yep. That's one. Strike one.
0: <laughs> Help and keep count. Anyway, that's the central conflict, and the character of Wade is very invested in trying to figure out. Trying to get the uh, you know get the ultimate Easter egg, and it's It also deals with his like general casting for meaning in life. But I don't want to get too uh, metaphorical yet. That's two. No, no, it's not. That actually like goes towards the structure of the story. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I'm not editorializing. Uh, the first task that you have to complete in order to become in order to obtain a key to eventually again become ruler of the oasis is a race that nobody can finish utilizing clues from his uh obsessive research <laughs> and study of this individual's life uh, the character's name is halliday he discovers that well instead of racing i should just put the car, put my you know car in reverse i'm gonna drive backwards and oh look i found a quick route through the maze basically this works Yay! Other people start figuring it out. We move on. Again, there's a there's three of these things that, he ha- that have to be completed. After successfully completing the first one, he encounters, well, sort of while he's completing it, he encounters um, another character by the name of Artemis who's violently opposed to the evil corporate entity, um, IOI, which is employing like hundreds of people to do nothing but try and figure out where this egg this Easter egg is so they can find it and then alter the model under which the Oasis operates they're going to have different levels of membership they're going to sell advertisement space over your field of vision, there's actually a great line that our evil corporatist speaks at one point that says we estimate we can cover 80% of a, a user's vision before we induce a seizure and As Wade is kind of, again, he's worked hard on this, but he's not uh, invested necessarily beyond, again, not really having much else to do with his life. Once he starts unraveling things, uh, he becomes targeted by, again, this IOI corporation, which tries to blow him up. In fact, it blows up the last remaining family he has. He is saved from eventual, from, you know, soon-to-be annihilation by this loosely-knit group. Uh, again, kind of led by Artemis We get a bunch of adventures In both the real world and the Oasis uh, There's a trip through The Shining, which is great uh, There's again, that key is found There's Conflict, uh, Artemis gets captured Near the end of this uh, I don't want to go into the minutia of like How they get her out because it's not Terribly relevant, but this all culminates In a giant Uh Battle on the steps of this fortress, where the final challenge awaits, which is playing through the game called Adventure from the old Atari, like twenty-seven hundred or something. I've, I forget the, spe-
1: the uh, twenty-six. The specific twenty-six, whatever. <laughs> Close enough.
0: It's an Atari. We have like, a games
1: professional on the website. Get it together, buddy.
0: I don't care. Like I was genuinely surprised there was surprised there was more than one model of Atari when I discovered that. Like I'm, least...
1: so, I'm sorry, he's hurting you, Sean. It's okay.
2: <laughs> um, I'm trying not I, to weep here.
0: You, you may as well start now because it only gets worse. <laughs> um, they again, there's this giant battle. The end result is uh, a cataclysmic device being set off that kills everyone bear in mind, kills all their avatars so they would have to restart actually I think the nature of that particular item is different, it doesn't just cause you to lose your stuff and zero out, it actually like eliminates the avatar and you have to start completely from scratch because it wipes everyone who was on the scoreboard off of the scoreboard whereas previously just you know zeroing out and dying hadn't done that so I don't know, maybe I, I'm now like putting more thought into that whole sequence than the people who made it <laughs> uh, our Wade's character is saved because he won a bet with uh, the curate uh, with another character that actually resulted in him getting a quarter, which is worth an extra life. Because arcade games, see, it's a callback. He successfully completes uh, the adventure issue. Is awarded with his, you know, his reward they are able to completely force the restructuring I think like inevitable shutdown of IOI and we all live happily ever after is kind of the crux of that um okay Mark did I give any did I overlook anything did I give anything too short a shrift during that synopsis well, the
1: conclusion gets into a whole thing where they actually try to murder Wade in real life just important to know that and this, and this I mean, they ends with the...
0: To, I, I mean, they already did try to murder him in real life, so the fact that that... Uh,
1: um,
0: the final sequence is not... On, it, again, it doesn't only take place in the Oasis. There's also the... again There's also, like, a mediocre car chase, and, uh, again, like, giant douchebag thinking about, you know, going out, going at Wade with a gun. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. It's... I'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah there there is that so again, it is not only virtual, there is real world peril that is imposed on our intrepid band of heroes
1: all right, I'm good with that
0: all right, then where would you like to start with this? Where do you wanna
1: all right so here's the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly for me and then um and then let let's get sean's opinion here um but for me. Much like uh, the preceding movie, Pacific Rim Uprising, the star of this thing is not Ty Sheridan. It's the CGI. You are. When they're in the
0: Oasis, yes.
1: Yeah, when they're in the Oasis. Um, it's, if the Oasis doesn't look good, the movie fails on its face. That's the star. That's the leading attraction. And I thought Spielberg and the hundreds of thousands of animators. That created the oasis on screen did a really good job of immersing you in that world, Um, and I was definitely and I'll tell you the first uh, race sequence, the very first one where they take you through the entire race right up to King Kong swatting the cars left and right is nobody gets by Kong is phenomenal. It is probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, from just a visual perspective, I know you know very early on, you know it, it was still very early on in the movie, so my kids were still into it and I remember like as as squirmy as my son can be at these movies he didn 't move a muscle during that they didn 't thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, they really did a great job of creating a vibrant action sequence in that scene. And there's some other really fun things they do throughout the movie. So I think the number one thing they had to get right, if nothing else, was the Oasis and how it looks and operated. And I think they succeeded there. Here's my major problem with the film. And I thought about this after I walked out. I said, you know, visually, you know, this was a, I thought this was a great spectacle. But from a structural standpoint, from a movie I thought there were some real, I don't know if they're critical failures, because I think you can still watch the movie and be entertained, but I never got a sense of th- the stakes in the world. I never got a sense of how that world operated. They kind of just glossed over it um, to the point where if you don't just accept the fact that this is what he does, this is what everybody does, and you know how he eats <laughs> goes to school, any of that. None of that's important. I know it's, it's covered in the book, but it's not covered very well in the film. I never... See, here's the thing. If you're going to tell me it's a dystopian future where they have to stack... Um, where they where they have to stack uh, trailers. trailers on top of one another for whatever the reasons are. First of all, I would love to know what those reasons are. But still, they, all they...
0: All, it they, population uh, density.
1: But uh, even still... Uh, oh. I mean, oh well, no! Hang do on, a, let they me. they an
0: extraordinarily poor job of actually explaining it.
1: Anyway. Well, that's the thing. It's like he says, "Oh, people started to move to Columbus, Ohio because of the Oasis." It's a virtual thing. You don't have to move anywhere. Um, <laughs> and if there was a better, yeah, you re-
0: get better connection speed.
1: If, they, but if that's the thing is they don't do a very, re- really good job of explaining why, in the movie, people mass in that one area. Again, it's just, eh, it's just why do it's people just mass? Uh, I mean, over. to be
0: fair, like why do people mass anywhere?
1: Okay, so if we could keep with the film. Um, so, like you're arguing with me just to argue. So a little bit. So again, but, but, but there's a greater problem at stake is there's like well people, this is what happened when people stop deciding to solve problems and just live through them. What problems? How you know a couple of lines of dialogue and maybe a few flashes to how the world got to be the way that it was and how it currently functions that makes being in this virtual escape that much better. Because here's the thing. I never got a sense of what kind of hell he was living in. Yeah, it's he's living on top of people. Have you been to the projects in New York City? People live on top of people. They've been doing it since the New Deal. This isn't new. So, you know, I, I, he, he just nothing happens to him between the time that he gets out of his trailer and heads on over to the junk pile where his rig is. Uh, I just... And, and I know you meet the real-life characters later on in the movie, but again, there, there needed to be some time spent in the grit of this world to really contrast why you would just, so- uh, just assign yourself over to a virtual paradise. Um... You know, Black Mirror does a really good job of this sort of thing, but when they did it, you know the person's choice was death, <laughs> so it really you didn't need much more of an explanation, but you know the, there are real world consequences to living in a virtual reality. I needed to see more of that in the movie other than we like to play video games and we live on top of one another um, and you know the the movie becomes about this easter egg hunt and you get a sense of what it means to this kid that the oasis be what it what it has been but again i didn't and maybe this is just me maybe this isn't a structural thing of the film this might just be my own sense of how things were but i didn't get a strong sense of the real world stakes if the oasis went away i got personal stakes he liked his video game. He liked his escape from his shitty life, as he's told us. Because I didn't quite see what was shitty about it, other than the one, other than the one boyfriend. But still, I, I never got a sense in the in the movie. I could infer things, but you know, eh. I never got a sense in the movie that if the that that if IOI got got a hold of the Oasis and fundamentally changed the way that it worked and how it affected the average person what that does to the greater world so that leaves you with this kid's own as i said before this kid's own personal stake in what's going on and if you're not entirely enraptured by the character then his personal stakes don't resonate nearly as loudly as they should and To tell you how much this character resonated with me, I thought the kid playing him was the kid who played Mr. Fantastic in Fanforstick. Like I had Oh no, no, uh, no. He
0: is so much better than Miles Teller.
1: I thought him I thought Ty Sheridan is is just a blight. I thought Ty Sheridan and Miles Teller were the same guy. (laughs) Okay. That's how like just you know, it's funny, you 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 said what his name was and I just wanted to yell out Whitey McMilktoast. I, I, just, eh.
0: uh, I believe that's what's on his birth certificate Miles Keller is his stage name <laughs> um,
1: Another problem I had with the movie is Other than the annoying th- This is a personal thing But it was, it was kind of annoying that you have Artemis Who says oh if you met me in real life You, you wouldn't like me And, and her, big, her big objection to him you know, or her, her big thing is She has a birthmark over her eye I don't want to get off on a tangent But I know men And I'm pretty sure no one, not a man on earth would have cared about that. No, no one. No one.
0: Eh, Uh, (laughs) See, Mark, much like you, I know men. And I would go with 80% would not care.
1: 90%. 98%. Sure, 2% 2 of the model-looking men out there who look for equal or better perfection, maybe. But that's only 2%.
2: I might go Especially slightly higher the type than of a that. man that would be watching this movie, they would not give a total crap about
1: <laughs> yeah. no. her
2: having a scar over her face. They'd just be happy as hell that a girl that looked that good was talking to them in the first place.
1: Exactly. You know, and was in the same zip code. Um,. Yeah, so that was, uh, if you're going to make that that big of a deal of it and that much of a point, there needed to be something else wrong with her. You know, I looked at that. and I'm like, oh come on, Hollywood! Damn you, Hollywood! Well,
0: th- hang on. To be fair, that's more how she. F- that, that's also meant to be more how she feels about herself. So when we look at it, it's like, no, this is clearly not a big deal. Like yeah, none of us care.
1: Th- that tells that, that doesn't make for a winning character for me, though, because again. Yeah, all right. I, like I said, I didn't want to get off on a tangent on you know women's self-esteem and all of that. That's This isn't the place for it. And boy, are we not the people that discuss it. So moving on.
2: I think that gets back into the world-building thing, like you were talking about, though, mm-hmm. is she does hint at the fact that she didn't have the greatest life. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know anything about it, so... Right. I mean, unless you read the book, you don't really know anything about it, so... That whole why she feels that way about herself is more because of that than necessarily because of her looks or
1: right. And if they had done a better don't
2: explain that.
1: Right. And if they had done a better job of fleshing out her character and making and instead of making her just as bland as her avatar, you know, therein lies the problem. But my bigger problem with her and that entire subplot of Welcome to the Revolution is
3: oh
1: god. Well,
0: what? No, it's not. I mean, like it is fundamentally not a revolution. But that's like, the thing. There's like, nothing in power that you are attempting to overthrow. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like she's like, "Welcome to the rebellion," and it's like, "Okay." And then they kind of have a moment, and the whole thing just goes to pieces after that. They're like, what are they? Re- you again, you never get a sense of what the empire is doing to the world. You know, the empire that is I O I in this case. Um, that there would need to be a ground level rebellion. You know, it's.
2: it's I, would, again... I would disagree on that point, though, because they do mention that basically the entire world has gone to shit and that everybody has immersed themselves into this game because their lives are so shitty. So think about if they took away your favorite thing that you always do, what happens to you? And you have no other recourse because there's nothing else great about this world. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to you?
1: So you're, you're, it's set yeah. in the film, and I don't disagree with you. Don't you think they could have better jo- done a better job of showing that, this being a film?
2: I agree. I do agree with you. And this is what bothers me, too, is we are used to now, with all these Marvel films and a lot of films in general, these films at least going two and a half hours. Like, would it have killed the movie to spend 25 more minutes using that time at the beginning to really explain like the book does which i know understand a book has a lot more exposition it can give you and all that stuff of explaining why the world is the way it is why the stacks are the way they are what's the big deal i would
0: have settled for a brief like economics discussion i mean i mean literally that's all it would have taken
1: Right. I would have like, explain the explain the, the, the
0: relationship between coins in game to real world currency.
1: Well, or how because about, there actually is a
0: correlation. How, about, yeah, it, how, how about
1: a wide cityscape uh, shot of Columbus, Ohio, and a time lapse of twenty years of mm-hmm. what happened to this city as the narrator kind of walks you through everything? And as far as the the exposition argument, it's not that I don't hear you, but. When it, when I hear you what you're saying, Sean, I think well, Lord of the Rings did it just fine. Now, granted, those were three hour movies, and there were three of them. But even if you just take, uh, let's say the you know the first of the Hobbit trilogy movies or uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, there's a lot of exposition in both of those movies that comes out of the book, and they handled them just fine. I had I definitely had a sense of how middle earth operates in both those movies with the amount of exposition shown in in the movie so you so it's it's up to the writer and the director to go ahead and do that and i feel like they took the the old kevin smith phrase of we just want to get to the mall a little too literally it was like, look, nobody's <laughs> only only you s- stupid film critics, you know, want properly structured films with fleshed out characters and you know, and proper world building. Everybody else just came to see the Oasis in action. Okay, well, yeah, it
2: had to be Spielberg knocking stuff down because the uh, the actual author of the book is one of the writers.
1: So- there, there you go. Um, so ultimately, those are my my big. I mean, and I'll uh, I'll open up the discussion to you guys. You know, as you know, you've already weighed in a little bit, but I wanna hear I wanna kick the ball around a little bit, so we'll go to Sean next. But so those are my major my major complaints and likes about the movie. Loved the loved the Oasis look, thought there were a lot of structural problems with uh with, with a lot of the world building, and the characters were blandy McBlandison. Sean
2: Yeah, uh I definitely think that the Oasis is the star. It's no doubt that it's Cesar. It is what you're there to see. Uh, they obviously made it to where you're there to have an exciting time and not really think too much about what's going on. Otherwise, uh, the the story plot is the same. Almost felt like a one of those like '90s kids movies. You've seen this a million times. It's not anything special. And Whether to be you get fair, into the
0: character, go, go ahead. my brother has a, has a perspective on the book that i tend to agree with in that ernest klein wanted to write about you know all these pop culture things and then after assembling that he just found the most bare bones actual plot vehicle to convey the narrative
2: <laughs> yeah he did because uh, that's another thing is much like what the book does this is a reference fest and if you get all the references, you will love this movie. If you don't get any of the references, this movie will be as bland as toast to you. Uh, <laughs> it's true, though. If you don't understand, like when all these like cool stuff happens, and then the nice thing is they don't just make it about the '80s. There is stuff from you know Overwatch is in it. There's like you know Master Chief shows up at certain uh, in the in the at the battle at the end. I mean, like, so I did appreciate that. They didn't just, like, the book does it a lot more with it's all about 80s because it's more about Halliday's love for the 80s and all that stuff. But everything that they do in the movie involving the Oasis, the whole thing with the library and getting to see his thoughts and everything that he went through in his life, like, that's actually pretty cool. Like, I thought and was like, man, I wonder if I would have had a cool enough life where I could actually have my entire You know, everything I ever did put into a whole library, like how amazing that would be. Um, But, you know, it's you, I almost felt like you have to just kind of take this movie for what it is and not sit there and think so much about, oh God, look at all these things it's not doing right or whatever, because you can like over critique it to a point and you almost don't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, this does definitely fall into the category. If you think too hard about this movie, you will you, you, you will not enjoy it. All right, Winfrey. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. you know I normally say this about a critic, but I know that there that this is a movie who's who's ass you want to kick around the block. So get to kicking.
0: Ah, uh, not really, actually. No. Um, I, I want to say this. Like my big negative for this. Well. Sorry, this isn't the big negative as it pertains to the film. This is more my big negative um, from watching it. The CGI in the Oasis is brilliant. There's two parts of CGI it, when they're in the real world that are just bad. Um, there's the first one's comical. It's uh, when he sh- when they're explaining the technology that makes uh, the Oasis possible, and he does the uh, on like the omnidirectional treadmill, yeah. and it. It looked, it looked so bad. It was almost like one of those uh, like clip art things where we're going to take his face and just put it over someone else's body as they... It was... Again, it was almost comical. And I think it, if you happen to see it again, just pay attention to that moment, because it's... Again, It I, I laughed. Like I, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it amused me. Uh, there's also a bit at the end when the... Um, Oh, the female assassin gets knocked out the back out of the back of their moving van and it's like yeah that looks pretty terrible that you clearly just knocked her into a bunch of green pillows thanks for that <laughs> um, again like structurally it's I can only say kind of the same thing that we said about um, Pacific Rim last week it's extraordinarily basic And there's a lot of things that you kind of wish had been fleshed out, but that at that point it becomes an issue of editing and where time goes. There's things I would have done differently, to be sure, but you know the basics of the you know standard heroic journey are still there. And I mean, I've seen well. Hang on. What arc did he go on?
1: That was that was one thing I wanted to mention. He, I don't feel like, and, and this is up for debate, but I, after thinking about it, didn't feel like he was any different at the end of his journey than he was at the beginning. He was a, he was a psycho fan uh, for Halliday. Hang on. Sort of. he's, he's a, he's a <laughs> psycho right, fan ahead. for Halliday at the beginning, still is at the end. He was the honorable good guy in the beginning. And he is at the end. I, you know, I to think me, it's was more a bit of a Mary moral Sue. Of
2: story than necessarily him, right? He, along with everyone else, has to learn what the moral story is, is that virtual reality, gaming, whatever your thing is that you like, don't get so wrapped up in it that you don't go outside or you don't live life for real, and he does get to... Learn that by turning the game off for two days a week and having a girlfriend and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, and that way he grows, not necessarily in that he changes the character because he's a goody two-shit at the beginning, he's a goody 2 shirt at the end. That's not going to change him much. I mean, I'll give it, you... it was always about being genuine to Halliday.
1: Here's the thing: I'll give you, you know, yes, you should go outside and breathe fresh air and, and, and be with real people. It was a lot easier for him to work that lesson after he had inherited a fortune, (laughs) you know, and 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 got the girl at the end. You know, it's like, like all right, good lesson. You know, I just, I get what you're saying. I kind of agree with it, but it still seemed it's it seemed a little, little too easy. But I oh yeah,
2: the whole movie was a little too easy.
1: (laughs) Go ahead, Winfrey. I cut you off.
0: Now, I was just—I uh, was gonna basically kind of say what Sean said, and the other thing about that is, well, there's not a lot of character development in the traditional sense of the word. The big, uh, like, the big change that he undergoes is—and bear in mind, if you want to call this an actual change, I—or if you'd rather argue it's degrees of the same thing—I'm perfectly. Uh, this is not a hill I'm going to die on, per se. But it goes from being, for him, a kind of... I hate to say casual obsession, because that's... But I feel that's the appropriate... Because casual obsession is something of an oxymoron. But it conveys the appropriate uh, feeling for him going from being someone who is... Sure, he wants to, you know, win. He's obsessed with Halliday, but he has no greater context for what he's doing. And... His gathering, you know, the fact that he does wind up with a greater context for it, and becoming more engaged in the world beyond his own desire to, you know, hero worship, uh, you know, someone who came up with something he loved. And again, if you want to argue that that's more, uh, that's not really a change or an arc. I uh, there's only so much I can disagree with that point, but that is kind of the journey he goes on, even though there's not
1: a lot of again character development as such. Yeah, the it was an interesting uh, dynamic between the girl and him because the girl is saying, you know, there's a bigger, there are bigger stakes here. There's a bigger picture in play, you know, and you need to take this seriously. And he kind of has like, oh, no, oh, maybe I should. Kind of a moment. And yeah, and, and
0: that's basically <laughs> the crux of his character evolution. And <laughs> again, kind of... is that incredibly <laughs> true? Weak? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: You know, and that's kind of it. That, that, that's not an arc. That's a bump. Um. <laughs>
0: Again, look, you asked me to point out the elements of his journey in the internal rather than the external sense. That's what I got. That's what the movie gave me to work
1: with. All right. Um, any – because if we're done reviewing the movie, we'll move on to the next section here. I don't want to ru- – but I don't want to rush anybody. So, Sean, anything uh, Anything you want to talk about as far as the, the- – the craft of the movie
2: uh i do think it's i understand why he did it but i do think it's weird that spielberg chose to remove a lot of himself from the movie uh you know the book has him a lot
0: about an indiana jones reference
2: yeah like it's the 80s like come on you gotta have some of that stuff in there like
1: it's just so remember, um, Books are for burning. I haven't read this thing. A lot of people who saw the movie haven't read this thing. So maybe that's something we need to go over real quick. Exactly what changes ha- are there from the book to the movie here, Sean?
2: Oh God. uh the way they get the so keys many. are totally different.
1: Okay. And yeah, the challenges
0: are completely
2: different. Yeah, they're completely different. They they are much more elaborate, much more detailed. They are not even anything close to what happens in the movie. I will say the shining thing in the movie is absolutely the probably the best thing about the entire movie, and this is from somebody that's only read the book. I have not seen the movie itself, but
0: oh, oh, come on! How can you not have seen the shine? Like I've done, I've done both, and they're both great for different reasons. I've
1: seen the movie. There's a lot of differences. I have definitely seen the movie.
2: Um, it's it's no, it's like it's just it's great the way they decided like i saw it and i was like oh wow this is so awesome they're doing it. they chose the shiny like and it was the in the theater the everybody lit up and started paying attention as soon as that happened in the in the theater for and at least in my theater it was the moment that everybody got loud everybody started paying attention everybody started making you know that like oh god this is happening and all that stuff like nobody really did anything else first the first, in the 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 first time that horn me.
0: The first time that horn sequence hits, uh, it's—I mean, The Shining has one of the all-time great horror soundtracks to begin with. Yeah,
2: it's uh, so. I, yeah, so like that doesn't happen. Uh, the the race thing doesn't happen either. Um, so it, it's it's very like you. It's very movified the way that they, they did the collecting of the keys, like very action oriented making sure you are paying attention constantly the way they did it in the book uh, think about it almost the way they do that whole trying to find the sorcerer's stone in Harry Potter like much more elaborate much more that way than say um, the way that Silver chose to do it for this Um, but the references are all all that stuff is is in it Um, that's what I love the most is like going from one thing to the other to the other I felt like I watched that movie like three or four times and still not get everything which that's kind of cool in itself uh, but yeah I just that that's the most striking thing for me was like wow none of these things that they do to collect the keys are the same Like they completely change it that's, that's cra- that was crazy to me
1: you mentioned why Spielberg chose to take himself out of the movie so can you elaborate on that
2: well, he said he didn't want to be self-referencing, right? Because he's directing, he didn't okay. want...
1: So there's a lot of be... his material in the book?
2: Yes. It, it, the, well, the book is a love letter not to pop culture,
0: but specifically to 80s pop culture.
1: Yeah, yes. there's a so lot think, of Spielberg. Exactly. Think
2: about it. You can't live through the 80s without Spielberg.
1: I mean... Okay. So, yeah, no... I mean, he, he kept the, I'm surprised yeah. there was, like, no E.T. references.
0: Yeah, yeah that was weird. Uh, there are in the book, but yeah, they there's no ET, there's no Indiana Jones. Um, geez, there was the Terminator too, which was a little odd because I seem yeah. to recall that one got some play.
2: Uh, the T Rex got changed in the rice on purpose so it didn't look the jack the like the Jurassic Park T Rex. Um, th- there's quite a few other ones that he decided they act. There was actually like Ernest Klein tried to sneak some in there, and then Spielberg apparently would. Knock them out.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean,
0: there's a few other things that, you know, we're, I mean, at least one of the. Uh, the final, like, the way the book is structured, the actual challenges, um, after the first one, the first one's slightly different in setup, but for the other two, the final, like, it's a battle just to get into the actual challenge that will give you the key at the end. Right. And the final challenge in both the second and third gates are actual uh, it's a brand new technology for the book it's uh, taking over the place of the lead character in a movie and then right. you have to have memorized the dialogue and you act out the movie
2: yeah they call and it Flick sync.
0: yeah the yeah the first one you get is I think War Games mm-hmm. um, and then the, <laughs> the final one is actually Monty Python
3: yeah
0: uh, so, again, there's a lot of differences there. There's actually an entire sequence when he kind of leaves his friends in the book, and because he is, so, because he is uh, now famous and somewhat rich in the virtual world, there's a discussion about how you're able to – about the conversion rate between, again, like cryptocurrency in the game to currency that you can spend in the real world and the linking of accounts and things like that uh, so again there's actual economic stakes and he actually leaves them for a while and establishes his own like no uh, he you know rents a really nice like penthouse apartment and he uh, kind of goes it on his own from that perspective he actually again, lives on his own uh, which is kind of an elaborate ploy to set up his sabotage from inside Iowa at but they gave that they essentially gave that bit to Artemis for the sake of the movie mm uh it, it, there's there's some non trivial differences um and again, for better or worse i generally leave that up to interpretation but
1: one last thing i want to say about it and then if you guys have nothing else i'm going to move on i think my i think other than the actual like race my my other favorite p- aspect of the movie was the nods to gaming culture good bad, or indifferent. like my favorite character in the movie is Iroh. just that name the, that <laughs> that's everything about that character. Is like you know, like like whoa, whoa 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 whoa! Don't throw that bomb. I've got ten years worth of shit in me. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, Just that guy is just just nothing but game, and he makes himself look like a total badass. You know, I would have I would have loved to have just like a cutaway. You yeah.
0: needed a shot of him in real life. Like, oh, yeah. my neck. I got this repetitive stretch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It needed to, it needed to be the ca- I, got to, I got
0: to see a chiropractor.
1: It needed to be the character from South Park from the World of Warcraft episode. That's what I wanted. It, did not,
0: it didn't have to be that bad. But, I mean, like, <laughs> the actual actor, I think, who they had do his voice would have been fine.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. You, you needed to Yeah, you they
0: had TJ Miller do it, who is... Yeah. Right. Uh, he's a goofy-looking guy. And, again, he doesn't have to be fat and, like, pimply. He's just goofy-looking enough that that juxtaposed with, you know, the way I rock looks, the way his avatar looks, would be
1: enough. You know, maybe his shot of, like, his mom in the background doing laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, just, it would have actually been really which been a... is, uh,
0: Which, again, is, like, utterly – which is not actually how that would have played out because given the you know, the economics of that – of, you know, the game versus real life, he actually would be just set for life financially mm-hmm. – Um, that he's
1: done uh a nod to the youtube culture you know he uh his character is killed he's lost all of his stuff and he gets up He just you you know you you cut to him and he he gets up quietly starts to walk away from his computer and it begins immediately trashing everything around him you know something (laughs) something along those lines but yeah there was just enough of that nonsense going on in uh you know, it, with his character and some of the other things you see in the Oasis that I... I and as somebody who, who played Warcraft pretty feverishly for a few years until uh, until parenting pretty much took over my life, which I'm not complaining well, about. Well, you got the short end of that stick. Uh, was, I prefer my kids to World of Warcraft. It's true, I do. Um, <laughs> like, watching the background. Well, even you know
2: the thing, like right thing with, you the, with the... Show. The key to the race is a gaming thing, because going back, you know, like, doing the whole... Hey, let me go backwards and see what happens. Mm-hmm. That's sort of something you do, so...
1: Yeah. I appreciated that, too. I heard a couple of reviewers said that that's, that's like, the first thing people do in a a video game race. Um, All right, Sean, uh, anyone... That's
0: not actually untrue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, Sean, uh, any last words on the craft of the movie?
2: Uh, I do like that they at least changed the cast up a bit. I mean, they they totally... uh, 2018, the cast right like um h is not that character um in the book he's just a white dude so (laughs) uh they changed him or changed him into a her and uh so you know that that was i thought that was kind of actually totally okay there was a lot of people complaining that which is how it's sort of true but i don't I think you also kind of got to look at it, look, it's an 80s pop culture sort of, you know, homage, so think of it as in they're also doing the movie this way, but a lot of people complain about the whole, well, Artemis is a lot more independent and, you know, has her own thing in the book, and they sort of make it more of like, oh, well, it's totally about the guy in the movie, ugh we didn't 2018 this thing enough with, you know, feminism, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I you know, I didn't bother me. I just thought I'd mention that because we hadn't uh, talked about it. Aw,
1: like, the ode to yeah. nerd culture wasn't girly enough. It wasn't feminist enough, really? That's yeah. what we're going to... I'm sure we'll get to that when we get to the Rotten Tomato reviews. I'll I'll make sure I find the ones that say this wasn't... This isn't the Trumpiest movie of the year or the most f- meat... Or the most me too or whatever it is we're doing these days
0: oh, i I hate so much
1: <laughs> so much all right with that said, let's talk about my favorite part of uh damn you Hollywood here comes the money
3: here comes the money here we go money talk, talk. here comes the money.
1: Alrighty, righty. Ladies and germs on a budget of 175 million dollars as of this recording, Warner Brothers Pictures' ready player one has brought in a sweet sweet 186.5 million dollars. My god, there are so many movies that we've talked about over the past year or so that would have loved to have brought in 186 million and a half. I already mentioned
0: the four stick, <laughs>
1: their first weekend. It's just you know people just just other movies looking dreamily at Ready Player One, going, "What what can we do to be more like you?" says. Sister. Meanwhile,
0: everyone financially associated with Ready Player One is like, "Come on, we need another hundred million at least."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, exactly. this isn't this isn't profitable yet, children. But you know, we'll eventually get there. Um, oh, also, I
2: I forgot to mention. Do you think that there would have been as many references as there were if it wasn't Spielberg directing the movie. That
1: well, depends. I mean, you know, now you're talking licensing. You know, you Right, you'd... but I mean, I think
2: Spielberg being like Spielberg, you know, it's like, oh yeah, sure, please, take yeah. it. But like, if somebody else is doing it, I don't know, maybe not.
1: Like if he was in a producer role and somebody else had chosen to direct and was like, hey, this is a love letter to, to you and to what you brought, you know, you brought to the culture... You know, and you know, if I kind of get where Spielberg might might have been coming from in the sense of, well, I don't want this to be about, I don't want my movie that I'm directing to be about me. This is about, this, this is telling a greater story, you know, and about other things. But if somebody else wants to do a love letter to me, that's fine. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so right now, uh, actually, let's let's talk about the weekend. Ready Player One. Uh did a hot potato of the number one spot, took it from Pacific Rim, who uh had finally defeated Black Panther, who went on like, a five week winning streak. Uh so yeah, Ready Player One debuted at uh number one. Robert Winfrey's favorite movie of the year so far, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Uh oh, debuted Shut up. <laughs> debuted at number two. <laughs> Black Panther uh sunk from two to three. I can only imagine three to four. Pacific Rim, now, this actually did sink, one to five. Well, it was nice while it lasted, Universal. Um, Sherlock Gnomes, Robert Winfrey's favorite animated movie of the year so far. Uh, my kids again, bite me. <laughs> uh, I avoided seeing that, but my wife did take my kids, finally. They, they had a good time. Uh... My
0: brother had a friend who was forced to sit through it and said it was roughly akin to ingesting nuclear byproduct through his eyes.
1: Have you taken Oof. your sweet, sweet daughter, sir, Mr. Garmer? Have you taken your child?
2: Uh, she saw Peter Rabbit with Cousins. She did not see this movie, thank God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving right along. Uh, Tomb Raider. D- Tomb Raider finally is, has actually surpassed where I thought it would be. It's, in the t- it's uh, close to 300 million as of this writing. Dropped from five to seven. I thought it was going to die at about uh, 200 million. Uh, Wrinkle in Time dropped from 6 to 8. Robert, Sean Garmer, further. what did you think of Reese Witherspoon playing lettuce?
2: I have not seen the movie yet. Oh, really.
1: well, I hate to have spoiled it for you, because that's the best part.
0: There's a, there's a literal, like, two-minute sequence where Reese Witherspoon, like, magically transforms herself into a piece of romaine lettuce for everyone to fly on.
1: <laughs> I hope you like smoking <laughs> dope, because that's the only way to get through A Wrinkle in Time. Um, Again,
0: (laughs) I am not joking. Like that sounds like I'm just you bsing. No,pe. One (laughs) hundred percent. That
1: sounds awful. (laughs) It is. Uh, Love giant Oprah. Love Uh. Simon dropped from seven to nine. Paul, apostle of Christ, uh, dropped from eight to ten. Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson animated film, uh, jumped from fifteen to eleven. And God's Not Dead, a light in the darkness, uh, debuted at number twelve. Uh, we round out the top 20 with Game Night, the aforementioned True. Peter Rabbit, Midnight Sun, Unsane, The Death of Stalin, Red Sparrow, which is based on a novel, by the way. The Greatest Showman, fucking Jumanji. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God bless. <laughs> I really hope The Rock
0: negotiated for a percentage of the box office receipts. That's all I'm saying.
1: My God, Star Wars, The Last Jedi <laughs> is number 30 and it is beat Ten Points, Ten Places, by Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. God bless you, Sony.
0: To be fair, Jumanji has more rewatch value than The Last Jedi, all things considered.
1: I'm not going to argue with you there. All right, so that's how The weekend, uh played out. Uh, worldwide grosses... Uh, obviously, Black Panther is still sitting pretty in the number one spot. That's not getting beat anytime soon, except by some, you know, Infinity War. Let's just go ahead and say that right off the bat. Um, in the two and three spots, we got our foreign films: Operation Red Sea, and Detective Chinatown Two, and then still sitting at just under four hundred million dollars, Robert Winfrey and Ronnie Adams date movie for uh, Fifty Shades Free. Go universe.
0: Seriously, they're terribly like. I, I don't have some great moral objection. They're just bad movies. Like they they were bad books. They're bad movies.
1: Uh, Fifty Shades Free was a wonderful film about a girl and a boy in love. Did you see it, Sean Garmer? Have you seen Fifty Shades Free yet?
2: No, I'm good no. without seeing any of those Fifty Shades whatever. Thanks.
1: You
0: I, are a better person for not having seen them.
1: Uh, there was a young lady who I wanted to hang out with, and uh, that's what she wanted to see. So that's what I saw. I, I...
0: extramarital activities aside.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not
3: gonna
2: say no if some pretty lady wants to go see it. I'm just. I was, I'm not see? seeing it myself.
1: No, no, exactly. So, so now, now you see where I was coming from, right, Sean? Yep. Alright then
0: Look, The most attractive woman in the world could offer to take me to see that movie I would say no
1: Ugh, that's, that's where you're wrong uh, The maze Runner. of no, Whoa,
0: Whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Oh, What makes Jesus. you think I'm wrong about that in, can, in
1: all seriousness Can we not do this bit every week Even though are, are I antagonize you, not, you every week
0: uh, In all seriousness
1: like I would genuinely say no Because there's no point in it well, good, good for you So Ronnie Allen said the same thing to me um, And I shook my head then too Tomb Raider Uh, Ronnie's taking a moral stance. Mine is more, like, (laughs) practical. I
0: I would be miserable watching a terrible movie. I would be in the company of someone who wanted to watch said terrible movie, making the entire thing an exercise in nothing but self-flagellation. And if that's what I want, there are better movies regarding that same subject material.
1: The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, uh, sitting at number six with $284 Tomb Raider, as I said before, has somehow or other crossed the two hundred million mark. Although they've decided, death to the franchise, death to Tomb the Raider.
0: International receipts.
1: Yeah, uh, Paddington Two from January is still sitting in the top ten, though it's about to leave the top ten very, very shortly. Pacific Rim still climbing at number nine with two hundred and thirty-two. Once again, go Universal, and rounding out the top ten in the world is Peter Rabbit. Uh, Just underneath that is is the aforementioned movie Ready Player One and 186. My guess is that... uh, See, here's the problem with Ready Player One. You know, as we said last week, when when you get to these March movies and to a degree April, though April is now less crowded than it once was, it's not that these movies won't make money and people won't go see them. It's that they have a lot of stiff competition. They've loaded up springtime with... Blockbuster movies that used to be the the domain of the summertime, uh, summertime and the the holidays.
0: I mean, in all seriousness, if you wanted to make a if you want to make a lot of money with a big blockbuster at this point, you actually do release it in the summer because everyone else is go everyone else is racing to see how fast they can. Get these things out.
1: Well, look at so, Black Panther. I'll look at Black Panther had no competition for a while. I mean, granted, it, you know that that movie was successful for an, an, a bunch of reasons. But yeah, Janu- There's a reason why January is known as "fuck you." It's January It's because it's a dumping ground, you know, for movies. February mm-hmm. used to not be much better. I mean, things did not really start to get rolling until used to not be until May, and then May started to bleed into April, and April bled into March, and now it's like basically your two dead months are January and September.
0: Try going to
1: the, up, but, going uh, the movies in when... September. I dare you.
2: I have, and I will in the future. <laughs> I mean, you uh, could just load the... up on movies you need to see and then watch them all in September. Also true.
0: Uh, no, somebody brought this up, actually, about uh, Rampage. When they moved up the release date for Infinity War, if you had moved Rampage instead of keeping it where it was, where it's, it's now... like They moved Rampage commensurate to it, so it's still one week ahead of Infinity War... If they'd actually just released it the week after, I mean, you're still... You're maybe you're not going to win the box office, but the next, like, three weeks, there's nothing. I was going to say, yeah.
1: May went from and, loaded to nothing.
0: Yeah, like, so it, it genuinely, I genuinely think you might have been better off just releasing Rampage the week after Infinity War. You're going to take... You're not going to ever win the box office, but you're now, like... Everyone will have already seen Infinity War... And there's a lot of nothing behind it.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> May, May has become as dead as January. With you, you know. I mean, it started with Deadpool because because initially May was Infinity War uh, and Deadpool. Solo and nothing in between. Then they moved like Slenderman out, and they moved Deadpool in, and then they moved Infinity War out. It was like, what the hell are we doing here? But uh, yeah, getting back to Ready Player One. Ready Player One. You know, this week. Is the, the two big movies are Chappaquiddick which nobody going to see Ready Player 1 seeing Chappaquiddick so there's no no problem there. Uh,
0: no no overlap. No, no overlap at Zero all.
1: overlap. Um and then you have John Cena's Blockers movie which apparently is getting rave reviews. There's some sure, overlap look, there. It's
0: a, uh, Mark. It's a raunchy R-rated comedy written by some hyper-liberal feminist. Of course it's going to be well-reviewed. I mean, really, if you wanted to see better reviews for the Ghostbusters movie, you make it an R-rated comedy and you just throw the kids out. And then critically, it's uh, a smashing success, even though financially it does about as poor. Ghostbusters
1: was a fine piece of cinema.
0: It was absolutely not. And we've already had that argument. we've already week. lost
1: it. Every week it's the same thing. Um, aren't you having a great time, Sean? Uh... <laughs> hey,
2: I'm I'm laughing, so it's fine. Uh
1: yeah, so Ready Player One uh next week has you know, will probably be the number one uh movie in the world again. Uh but then after that what it's comes Ram- out next week? Huh?
0: Something comes out next week.
1: No, this this Friday is block is just blockers and Chappaquiddick a of, of, of note. Um the weekend after that is Rampage. That's the thirteenth, and that's gonna be the end of that. Um Nothing on the twentieth, and then the twenty seventh is in, is the Avengers, which is pretty much going to eat the summer. You know, maybe maybe it gets some stiff competition from Jurassic Park when that comes out, but I don't know. I I, I think Jurassic the Jurassic World uh, the the fact that Jurassic World made over a billion dollars was because it was dealing with the same thing kind of Star Wars was dealing with. You went away for a very long time, and people have fond memories of you, and then you came back, and all those people came back, and they brought their children. And isn't this wonderful? What a, what a you know remembrance of a thing we once loved. And that was probably just enough, considering Jurassic World was a silly movie. And then they were like, no, 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 Look, this made a billion I, I, dollars. We need to make another one.
0: Lo- I mean, it got I brought had, up before. Everyone loves a cover band. Well, what I'm getting to all, is that's all the Force Awakens, and that's all um, when you, Jurassic World were.
1: When you look at uh, what's you know what possible movies are going to unseat the the, the 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 megalith that's going to be the Infinity War movie, you know it's not going to be Solo. Not that it matters; it's the same stupid studio. Um, it's not going to be Deadpool, which isn't testing well. Um, no, I, it's, it's going to do That okay. really
0: surprised me. Like I, because I have no interest in Deadpool. I had no interest in the first Deadpool. I was the lone man on the hill going. This really isn't all that good. Here's why. And everyone's like, "Shut up!" It's hilarious. Yes, uh, I now, remember that it, fight. Yes, I was still right.
1: <laughs> sure, you are.
0: Um, but not like So I saw the. I finally got to have the experience of watching the Deadpool two trailer with people who are, who were more interested in the first one because I mean again like I didn't like the first one I know I'm not going to like the second fair play like that's cool but a lot of people I know who like no I really did like the first one they have seen this the, like the trailers for the second one it kind of went yeah really?
1: yeah well that's the thing I've seen some videos it's not you know the test screenings did not go well Uh so I don't know um what I've heard about, look, I'm going to go see it. I probably will uh, I probably will enjoy it, but I don't think I'm going to enjoy it as much as the first one. In any case, we're talking money here, and no, Deadpool 2 is not going to do as well as Infinity War. It's just not. Then you have Ocean's Eight, not going to even come close. Uh, you have The Incredibles. Does it matter? Maybe. It's the same goddamn studio. <laughs> the, the mouse! The <laughs> aforementioned. Yes, it's still the, mouse.
2: Oh, the Incredibles 2 might.
0: Again, See, there's an outside chance so that it, it that. might unseat it, but it marks like harping on the fact that no one beats
1: Disney. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's offensive. Right, except Disney itself. Way. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then you have Ant-Man and the Wasp and Skyscraper, uh, Mission Impossible, and then we're out of the summer. So, yeah, the it's the Infinity War is going to own the summer. Nothing's beating it. It's going to be the number one movie of this year. Probably. Eh, I'm going to laugh
0: when it is now just to screw with you.
1: It's going to be. There's what what's it, what the what competition does it have at the end of the year? Aquaman, Bumblebee, <laughs> Bumblebee.
3: <laughs> Robin <laughs> Hood,
1: <laughs> Wreck It Ralph Two, which now my want my son's now obsessed with, and that's you know both my kids. When are we seeing Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet? And I'm like, fucking November. Calm down. Um, oh, I'm so excited for that movie. <laughs> uh, you
0: do and you do have Wreck It Ralph Two, which is a sequel to a movie everyone loved, and, and it's still Disney. <laughs> there's, there's... Uh, you do have the fanta- hang on. You do have the fantastic, uh, the fantastic beast sequel coming out in November. Oh, uh, yeah. that's
1: true. That's about the okay. So, so yeah, Warner Brothers might come close to. And
0: you do have the Mary Poppins Returns movie. I, I mean, I'm not interested in that. No Disney. All. I don't. I don't care for the original Mary Poppins. But
1: all right. So with that said, that's that's all there is to say about the money. Sean. Oh, A
0: Quiet Place comes out next week. And that's what I was thinking of. I'm not going to see that. All right. Um, Why not. Come on. I suffered.
1: Spe- speaking of suffering, I have a question for you guys. Now, when I say I have a question, that's everyone's cue to not talk.
3: Are you ready? No. I said...
1: Oh God, please no,
3: no, no, no!
1: Sean, I gotta ask. You've been on Spreaker for what seems like twenty years now. How do you? H- how do you all deal with? Only one person can hear the shenanigan sound effects, or do you guys not do shenanigan sound effects?
2: We do sometimes, but we kind of already know what they're gonna be beforehand. Okay, so.
1: So you don't have problems with the, where the where where people have this wonderful god bless them tendency to talk over the sound effect cuz they can't hear it.
2: No cuz we let everybody know that we're going to some kind of break
1: <laughs> or <Okay>. whatever. <laughs> it's very telegraphed. Yes. <laughs> okay. That so that's the thing cuz cuz I go, "Hey, cuz it used to be, "Hey Robert, I have a question." Are you ready? And then you would hear Michael Scott yelling no. And then I added the DX thing of Triple H saying, are you ready? So now I don't even ask him. I, have, I don't even say, you know, are you ready, Robert? I let Triple H do it. But then that leaves me with only one prompt, which is, I have a question. And I can't tell you now how many times I've heard, I've heard somebody go, what, what's your question? I don't, I don't. Meanwhile, there's a sound effect playing. This happens every week. I didn't. I didn't go over it this time. That was him. (laughs) It's it's becoming a running gag. Well it's a running. It's good to have a
2: running gag, though.
1: It's true. All right, Sean, you you know what comes next, right? This is the part where we read the uh, Rotten Tomato reviews. Typically, the rotten ones and we tell the critics that they're terrible at their job. Are you ready to do this cuz you, you seem oh, like a guy so who's bad. you seem like a guy who's not really into pissing in other people's cornflakes. So can you handle this? This is this is 10 minutes of hate here. You, do you, do you have what it takes, sir? I'll tr- definitely try. <laughs> okay. Uh Daniel Sulzman of Sulzy at the Movies.
2: Ready Player One. Let me tell you about that awful. What's that name, by the way?
1: Ready Player One is visually pleasing, but at the end of the day, it's just another film heavy on Easter eggs and short on character development.
0: I mean, that's a legitimate criticism if the some if you're not trying to do it. Like (laughs) this movie is deliberately nothing but Easter eggs and kind of stock character progression. You can, if you want to complain about, you know, uh, whatever we saw last week that I don't really remember or care Pacific about. Pacific uh, Okay, if you want to complain that Pacific Rim is a bunch of, like, references and stock characters, okay. That's a fair criticism. Complaining about a adapt- an adaptation of a material that is deliberately nothing but Easter eggs. Having, you know, 80% Easter eggs just seems asinine to me.
1: So, I want to kick this off right here, because it's been said that this is probably the best Steven Spielberg film in 10 years. Except for this guy, he disagrees. Chris Evangelista of Slash Film. It's official. Ready Player One is Steven Spielberg's worst film.
0: Oh for the love of. It. Oh god. <laughs> really?
1: Uh, I got to get a list. I need, I need the list. I'm getting the I list.
0: list. I need Spielberg's filmography. Okay, here we go. Really? This- oh, okay, I I might even forgive this guy for forgetting that 1941 exists. Because <laughs> to be fair, most of us do. I mean, oh god, he picked purple.
1: Didn't he direct the last uh, Indiana Jones film? was Universal Land? Yes. Band? I
0: really yeah, that he was
2: wrecked the Kingdom awful. of the Crystal
0: and, Skull. Uh, yeah, and
1: looked terrible, too. Like, I remember the ants. The ants were like, the, the, I've seen better video game graphics. Alright, in the last 10 years. <laughs> okay, just, so if
0: we go to, th- so what, 2008? Uh, sure. Okay, well, let's start yes. at 8. I mean, in 2008, he directed Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, right. you know what
2: he failed there?
1: All right, so he directed... also
0: been The Adventures of Tintin,
1: War Horse... War Horse Lincoln... I
0: mean, Lincoln, Lincoln was pretty good. Bridge of Spies was mediocre. I haven't actually... It's been too long since I've seen the BFG. No, okay, he directed The Post, which I think is... Eh, that's, that's a tough one. I might argue that it's worse than this, but it's a... It, at a minimum, it's kind of... But, again, like, you're just willfully ignoring... Huh. A lot of stuff here. The War of the Worlds from 05.
1: He's executive producing the Bumblebee movie.
0: Oh, boy. He, he's producing all... He has produced all the Transformers movies.
1: Um. So going prior to that, uh, let's see. Munich, War of the Worlds, The Terminal, Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, AI. Uh, oh, God, AI. Uh, okay, The Lost World sucked. Yes
0: eh sucked is a bit strong but i would not say it's worse i would not say this was appreciably worse than it
1: uh let's see temple, yeah, of, I mean, there's at temple least of doom four yeah. to five
0: movies. no 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 like again there's at least four to five movies that he's made and you know god bless spielberg that are worse than this yeah. this is someone just talking out of his ass yes. posterior for the sake of doing so
1: all right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Eric Henriksen of The Strangers, Seattle, Washington. It's nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, and by the time it's end credits roll, one wonders if there was anything worth being nostalgic about in the first place. <laughs> Get him, Willie? Sean. Get hey, him, Sean.
2: Billy, what? <laughs> like, I'm guessing you didn't, again, look at the source, the source material and know that that entire book. And the entire thing is about nostalgia. I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, give me a break. If you're not nostalgic about all the references in this damn movie, why are you watching it?
1: (laughs) Vivian Kane of the Mary Sue. The movie is wall-to-wall pop culture references, and while that's exhausting and tedious... It's also inevitable that you manage to push your own specific n- nostalgia buttons. Oh, this person did not want to go see this movie at all. It is mad they had Clearly. to review it.
0: I mean, congratulations. You're, you're becoming Leonard Moulton. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you should feel about that, but... No, yeah, okay. It's non-stop pop culture references. By design! Like, Again, is that again. something of a failing in the... It's a weakness, not a failing. It's a weakness of the source material, sure, but... How do, you, how do you make the leap from, you know, something that is, you know, weak like that and has this built-in weakness but is perfectly content to let it exist? I mean, you may as well criticize the dialogue from, like, the artist, which is somewhat amusing because it's, you know, a silent film.
2: Chaos to I mean, t- honestly, when I went to go watch this movie, I did not expect that there was going to be that many I thought there'd be some here and there or whatever, but the fact that they were able to keep that up throughout the movie, I think that's a accomplishment in and of itself, really.
1: K. Um, Austin Collins of The Ringer, Ready Player One may be a movie about the future, but it is damningly a product of our present.
3: How do you
0: figure? And that's bad. I, hold on. How, how do you figure that this is that, that comment? You know, loose commentary on the contemporary is somehow a negative like I, I mean this is a deeply positive
2: story what do you I mean I mean there is negatives in there like it I mean it's more the book than the actual movie but it's like uh, you know th-
0: this barely makes any sense this is someone who's just disillusioned with contemporary life and like <laughs> is now foisting uh, quasi nihilism into film review
2: I mean the the movie mentions that but it's not like it dwells on it
1: yeah Chris plant of Polygon in fact it appears for a moment to be barreling toward a potent critique of the book and the broader culture of the privileged young white millionaire men of Silicon oh, Valley piss
0: off <laughs> already just stop <laughs> surrender your right to express yourself you are that
1: stupid unfortunately it stumbles at the finish line
0: uh, no I demand that my that my particular views on you know, Wealth distribution and racism be represented in film. Well, then make your own damn movie. Like what? What's the matter with you people? Al, it's about to critique all of these, you know, quasi social justice causes I feel strongly about, and then it doesn't do it the way I want to. So when, when, no, shut up, you whiny baby.
1: Katie Walsh of the Tribune Noon Service. We hates you, Katie Walsh's, We hates you. It tricks you into thinking it has stakes. Distracting with the old razzle-dazzle and hoping you don't pop open the hood and kick the tires on the story, which turns out to be a lemon.
0: Lemon's a bit strong, but I think we did also kind of bring up that there's a real disconnect as far as the stakes go for the larger world.
1: Yeah, I don't have a major problem with what she yeah. said there. I just don't like Katie Walsh. We've read enough of We've read enough of her stuff to she makes the we hates as you list. Um... Let's see here. I'm trying to find some more of our friends. Oh, hey! We haven't heard of this guy in a while. Oh, Robert joy. Winfrey, it's your old friend, Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal. Oh, God.
3: <laughs> Why? <laughs> I thought he was dead. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <he>
1: <laughs> Joe Morgenstern or, or the body they've propped up like Weekend at Bernie's writes in the the quasi-reanimated corpse that was (laughs) once the human being Joe Morgan's turn Uh, haptics weren't needed to feel the emotional pull of his best films they aimed for the heart and hit much more often than they missed ready player one aims for the adrenal gland oh Joe you crazy old man You really
3: (laughs) we really
2: made such a statement there Joe
1: okay
0: Let's start with this. Again, Spielberg's filmography is not exactly pristine. I mean, that, that, that just needs to be said at the beginning right. here. There's Again, we all remember his successes because they are great. There's a lot of failures in there, too. And they you, you shouldn't whitewash over those. Second, the fact that he is... I mean, you are now like artificially imposing your desire for heartfelt cinema onto a movie that by your own admission and your own statement deliberately goes for uh, the more like blind action and somehow you view this as, some, as this catastrophic negative like, of all the things I can yell about the Transformers franchise and have <laughs> I have never said how dare they be action movies Which is kind of what you're getting at here Like how dare this be a thrill ride Right No I yell at the Transformers movies For being bad action movies Not because they're not Not that they are Except for Age of Extinction No no all of them (laughs) Universally all of them Age of Extinction
1: is a fine piece of cinematic art
0: I am not rehashing this argument. That is the exact same thing you said about Ghostbusters. They both suck out loud.
1: And Fifty Shades Freed.
0: Well, I'd make a joke about sucking in Fifty Shades, but
1: I'm better than that. Are you? Are you better?
0: In this moment, I am. Um, again, like this is just someone whining about you know, action movies existing. Like, just shut up.
1: Eric D. Morgan Snyder of go
0: rewatch <laughs> the 8 hour like, PBS Pride and Prejudice adaptation
1: Eric D. Snyder of Crooked Marquis we hates you Eric D. Snyder we hates you you can busy, take Eric off and it's still an accurate statement too um, busy and hectic <laughs> <laughs> uh, busy and hectic Just but third try busy and hectic but not cohesive a game that's nothing more than a game
0: um, okay, A, a game that's nothing more than a game is a stupid argument. Yes. Just fundamentally. B, this is really coherent. I mean, there's a couple of visual sequences that are very busy, but they're deliberately busy. Like, it, it's not... To bring up Michael Bay again, this isn't Transformers action that's designed to just be forgettable and impossible to follow. There's parts that exist as they did because they are designed to elicit chaos... But as a as a deliberate function of Those moments of story This is a very coherent story yeah, you I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kinda surprised that you couldn't follow them. I mean, if you nap, if you doze off Then maybe you don't want to admit that you actually fell asleep During fashion So you're now <laughs> calling a movie incoherent
1: Uh, this might be The Get'em Winfrey one of the night It's from our good friend Marianne Johansson Of Flick Philosopher Ugh A nightmare of nothingness Of empty, oh. soulless, wankery That serves only to reassure male dorks that their pop culture obsessions make them special and will make cute girls like them. Well, guys, I'm going to walk away for a moment. Have at it.
0: Wow. Okay. (laughs) I I almost don't want to start off with actually talking about what she said when it's so much easier to launch personal attacks, but I'm not going to. I'm going to try and take the high road here. You actually tried typing out the word wankery. I mean, I can't actually think of a greater criticism of your ability to formulate coherent thought than that. You decided that was a good word and phrase to use. Second, I'm going to assume your political bent based on what you've said. For a culture inside that is so anti-bullying on its surface, you seem not to have a problem with continuing to heap scorn on you know the socially awkward and the nerds and those who again you know, are obsessed with pop culture i mean i can't imagine why if you actually believed in anti-bullying but you don't you believe in self-aggrandizing you freaking hypocrite and i really do kind of fail to see like oh this movie serves to you know reinforce it, to, it serves to make the the downtrodden in this particular sense feel good about themselves and yet you're the same type of person who would probably gleefully cheer on ghostbusters simply because it's cast entirely with women oh never mind all the structural problems never mind all the bad jokes never mind the terrible CGI and the Oh, the loose plot structure. It's full of women and th- and little girls need to be shown empowering things. But boy, if we try making you know men obsessed with popular culture feel good about themselves, how dare you! This is worthy <laughs> of nothing but scorn. You are just the worst.
1: No, this next one's the worst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it only, only gets worse, worse than that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: It can Sean, it can always get worse.
1: Yep, there is just, not a
0: situation so bad that a human being through their deliberate actions cannot make it worse.
1: I have a I have a real talent for just when you think you found the worst review, the worst written review on something, I can find one even worse. Speaking of which, Sean Burns of the Artery, an artery in ART is capitalized in artery. Get it? <laughs> Do you get it, Sean? Artery!
2: This this individual
0: clearly exists at the height of intellectualism. With that kind of a pun.
1: Alright, Sean, are you ready for this one? Yeah. (laughs) This is fanboy fellatio. And I found it all almost unbearably depressing.
2: No shit, (laughs) Sherlock. Are we watching the same fucking thing here? Like, again... Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, people they complain about a movie actually trying to be its source. You know, imagine if all the people would be bitching about the fact that they, they completely did it differently than the way that the book does it, right? Like, if they had none of this fanboy fellatio in it and it was all just straight up heart and not caring about any of this, like, there'd be more complaining about that than there is what this dude is doing. Heaven forbid they actually try to do what their book did and give you what you are expecting when you watch this movie. God, go so you know, shouldn't you have actual like structure in your your review system, having somebody go review a film that you know might actually care or know something about what they're reviewing and not just going out there because Hey, I gotta do this.
0: I don't know. I'm considering that half of my gimmick is that I'm forced into this by Mark. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that I, there's at least something of an example in the way I do this. Yeah, I might complain about the list that Mark comes up with, and because so much of it is just so bad, it's so bad. But when it comes to actually discussing the films themselves, I really, really try not to have the fact that I would never watch this of my own volition play that heavily into my thoughts on the film. If the film is terrible, then sure. I I would never watch this voluntarily. Mark made me. Here's why I hated it. But there's been at least a few. And for that that
1: exact same motif, check out our Ghostbusters review.
0: Yes, I would like to think that again. My issues with Ghostbusters would were there regardless of you know my unwillingness to see it. If it had been, because we've had a few instances where movies
2: that Mark has like,
0: no, we are reviewing this, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna suck, and I come out of it going, ah, yeah, it didn't suck. It's not great, but it didn't suck.
2: So, do you ever get to make your own list,
1: or
0: no, no, Mark makes the list.
1: Ah. but he he has a, he has a show, or he has the opportunity on a show to make me watch things out of revenge. Um, it's called when, Because You Made Me and he has apparently has a list of things he as, wants to subject me to.
0: Oh, giant list. It's like a page and a half on a legal pad. Yeah, quick. I don't know if Sean's it, 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 ever
1: heard different. this because Sean puts up our stuff. I don't know if he listens to all of us, but go tell Sean that the story of, of, of how that list came to be.
0: Um, yeah, there was this thing when Mark said... Because you know, Mark makes me watch all these terrible things, and at one point he kind of put out there, you know, I, I'm willing to, you know, to anyone else, I'm willing to watch things that, you know, I haven't seen, that, uh, you know, in an effort to expand his cultural vocabulary, his experiences. So I would like a list, and then, you know, have whoever suggested this particular film on, and we can talk about it, and I grabbed a like a legal pad that sits next to my computer and immediately started coming up with like 40 films that are purely punitive on my part that I have already seen and suffered through that no no I will go through this again just to have Mark suffer because of all the pain and anguish that he has caused me over the years in on this show
1: it seems only fair <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know right
1: what had happened so, uh, was, well, the first part of that was I lost a bet to Gavin, uh, which eventually I'm going to win. But for the time being, I, no, I, not. I, I agreed you're that really not. I, I at the time they were like, no, Gambit's off the schedule for the foreseeable future. And at that point, that was the bet. So, OK, I, I deigned to have lost the Gambit bet. And I said, OK, well, if I lose a bet, then you can pick a movie for me to watch and we'll review it. And that was kind of the impetus of because you, know, because you made me. Um And so when I threw that out there, I said, "Okay, well, we'll make this a thing. And, uh, you know, when when there's availability on the schedule, if there's something somebody wants me to see and review and they really have a passion for reviewing it, uh, you know, we'll do that as part of that show. And then at which point, Robert, you know, sat sat window side, you know, with the moon shining brightly on his pad (laughs) as he began to scribble the revenge movies he wanted me to see.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a, again, there's a list
1: But no, damn you Hollywood is, is mine Mine alone, damn it um, all and,
0: right. and really, Mark Was able to get escape from this by saying You know, I really don't want to do more than you know Two podcasts a week
1: <laughs> Yeah, I threw it all out there Then I realized what I had done And I was like, no, I don't work four days a week anymore um, <laughs> What a cheap way to get out of that <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Tony Medley of the Tulikin Times This failed the watch test miserably, as I didn't know if I would actually survive almost two and a half hours of watching all this nonsensical gobbledygook. But it will probably gross a billion dollars. Well, you're wrong on two counts, sir.
0: Yeah, like, again, like, I I hate the watch test in the sense that it is deeply subjective. Like, it's not a test. It is not. There's no empirical data behind this. There is. I couldn't. I could barely stand to watch this. I nearly walked out of Ghostbusters. I nearly walked out of... Oh, what was the other one?
1: There the was last, one other movie that... The Last went, night.
0: Yeah. There have been a couple of movies that Mark has made me watch that I have to quickly stop myself from getting up and walking out of a theater because they're just so bad.
2: I think I almost thought with that King Arthur movie with the... that recent one.
0: Uh, which is kind of a shame because there's such good about the movie but it it is such a it's a troubled production it could it never really overcame anything associated with that but again like the the watch test is just you like it's not again it's not a test we're not dealing with empirical data here so
1: alright last one are we ready folks actually there's there's two I'm gonna read these back to back just to, to get them done but these are the last two we're gonna do for the night Anthony Lane, top critic of The New Yorker. I saw the film at IMAX, and a week later, I'm still waiting for the safe return of my optic nerves. But it was the meager emotional charge that shocked me the most. And James Vernier of Boston Herald says, Back to the future indeed. Fanboy pandering, CGI-driven rehash of pop culture faves. That DeLorean was a lemon, folks. Yuck, 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 yuck.
0: I mean, a like all DeLoreans were lemons. They were just terribly put together cars.
3: <laughs> like, can we just
0: start with that?
2: It's not wrong.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're just not—they're just not well designed automobiles. Okay, first of all, Mister New Yorker, you should return your paycheck. Like, why, why do like, why do you people pay this man? It. I have to imagine this is a, this is like the Office Space argument for keeping someone on payroll. He was supposed to have been fired like in 1942, but the paperwork got lost in HR, and now he's been collecting a paycheck for the past 40 years. No, this is clearly not someone who's all that good at their job.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what that tells me other than like, oh, the New I'm Yorker that boring is a person. The, the New Yorker is toilet paper, <laughs> and, and has been for like 20 years. Are you sure it's not the shit on the toilet paper? Maybe?
0: Eh, No, because that that at one point had nutritional value. (laughs) (laughs) That's at least the remnants of something that was useful.
1: (laughs) We hate you, New Yorker. We hate you. All right. Like really,
3: if it
0: didn't suck, I wouldn't hate it, but it kind of sucks.
1: All right, go ahead, Sean. Thank you for ha- for for joining us, Sean, in our uh, ten minutes of hate here. Uh, anytime you feel the uh, feel the urge, you're more than welcome to join us back. Go ahead. Why don't you tell the people where they can find your stuff and what you do?
2: Uh, well, I predominantly host podcasts, produce podcasts on uh, W Two Network. Uh, I do at least three a week, and four when football is in season, which is about to be in season again because the draft is coming soon. Uh, so I do a wrestling one. If you like professional wrestling, go find it, Wrestling to the Max. I have a video games one, Video Games to the Max. We do the news, games we're reviewing, all that kind of stuff, and a soccer to the max that we do twice a week, talking about things going on in American soccer, because there's millions of european soccer ones and i don't live in europe so it would be stupid for me to do something on that from this side of the pond. and yeah go visit wtmnet.com as well where we post uh these guys wonderful work as well as everybody else's and we have game reviews and things like that so thank you
1: for All having right. me on oh absolutely anytime speaking of wrestling to the max um uh, March is over, and so is our week-to-week coverage of the movies on Damn You Hollywood. We've only got one for the month of April, and that'll be Rampage, which will be airing late uh, April 17th. Uh, In the meantime, a week from tonight, it'll be a TV party tonight for WrestleMania weekend. The Rinalegion Broadcasting Network will deign to dip its toe into the worldwide, wacky world of professional wrestling. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame We'll talk about NXT, New Orleans. It's we, a weak class this year, the Hall of Fame. Aw, but Hillbilly Jim. And we'll talk about WrestleMania 34, the christening of Roman Reigns, take two. This time you okay. really mean it. Oh, take, Lord.
2: Take eight. Let's be
0: very clear about this. This yeah, is not take two.
1: <laughs> take this 20. Is a, this is at
0: least the fourth attempt This is to make world. him... To, this, to make him into that.
1: This is the and second go time. Down just as good as the other ones. This is, well, this time you won't have Seth Rollins to to, uh, to help him out. Um, this is the second time at WrestleMania he'll be you know christened the man. Unfortunately, so uh, anyway, we'll talk about that Tuesday night. It'll be myself, probably Ronnie Adams, probably Jesse Starcher, uh, maybe even. Robert Winfrey, anybody else that's, that's wanting to come on and talk wrestling with us.
3: Deeply unlikely.
1: Maybe we'll get a casual here or two. One never knows what, what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Um, so that's, t- so that's it's Tuesday. It's all the
0: evil. Seriously, all of the
1: evil. As I said, the following week is our Damn You Hollywood review of the best movie of the year. It hasn't even come out yet, but I'm telling you, it's the best. It's Rampage. It's the greatest movie mm-hmm. ever based on a video game. It's The Rock. It's giant monsters tearing down a city. What more could you love, America? Uh, we're going to follow that up with a pair only of tea- part. Only like half of that was accurate. <laughs> Every single thing was accurate. Um, Not the best
0: movie. It's so good. Uh, Not the best movie based on a video game.
1: We're gonna have two. To be fair, that's a really short list. <laughs> yes, it is. We'll have two TV party tonight. The following week, we'll have one for the DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which has been really great this season. Been abs- This I'm being sincere about. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then we're gonna hit you twice with a Netflix TV party tonight, Lost in Space. And then uh, that takes us into May. On that one. Uh, so far, me and Jesse, but you if you want.
0: Yeah, let me see it and then I'll decide if I think there's anything worth commenting on. That's fantastic. I like how he I, wants
2: I, to be on before he's seen the thing.
0: No, 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 I don't. Like, i I like that's why I asked. Like, if you had volunteered me for that,
2: <laughs>
3: see, I saw. I no, wrote like, your name in. It's fine.
0: I am prepared uh, again. Like, let me see it and then decide if I feel like commenting on it. Because no,
1: no, I might no, not. you need to get, you need to, you need to gear up, cowboy up, whatever it is you need to do. Because the following week is Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> well, that, which am, will, I'm sure am, will be a fun show.
0: I am so prepared to be the only man on the hill saying, no, here's all the problems with this. <laughs> and as the mobs like
1: uh, converge on me. Um, anyway, as for this week, it's all video games all the time. Uh, yesterday, our ode to video games and comic books, we looked at the first six issues of year one of Injustice Gods Among Us. Tomorrow, uh, The Mental Hammer of it's Doom... Uh, myself, uh, I, I,
0: I, just, I, I saved you listening to the podcast It's alright
1: You should listen to the podcast anyway And don't listen to this jerk um, Go ahead and uh, check out our Metal Hammer of Doom review tomorrow Of Power Glove, Metal Combat for the Mortal Man uh, it's the very first Power Glove album, and finally, assuming Sean is not on Twitch or otherwise engaged elsewhere in the world, we'll be doing an on trial for the movie Tron, not Tron Legacy, the original uh, '80s picture from Walt Disney. Oh, Tron, such a good movie. Yes, I just actually just rewatched it. I don't know if I'm prosecuting or defending. I haven't bothered to look yet, but we're doing one of those two you know, things.
0: This is one of those movies when it's incredibly easy to take either position. Yeah, whichever whichever stance you wind up taking, it's really not hard to put forth a case.
1: I tried to get my kids to sit down and watch that one, and uh, I lost my daughter early on, and my you know my son gotten my son, uh, boy after my own heart. He he liked the light cycle scene. After that, he was kind of you know. Who n-
2: doesn't like the light cycle scene? That's it, like the
1: coolest part. Of me. Exactly. I got to I got to I got to tie him to a chair and make him watch Flash Gordon next, but you know, that's another show for no, another time.
3: Don't 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 uh, don't watch
1: your Gordon like on a rocket cycle. <laughs> but Flash, I love you. It's such a great movie. <laughs> it's the worst. It is so bad. You're the worst. It's,
2: like, ironically bad. Like, <laughs> so bad it's good.
1: Dude, him throwing, I, like, ceramic watermelons at people to knock them out is the greatest thing. Like, footballs is the greatest thing ever.
3: Go, Flash! The go! Fly, go, Flash! Flying go! Flying
1: jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> flying blind on a
0: rocket cycle? <laughs> so good. It's just a jet ski. Flash! Ah! he'll save everyone I mean Uh, the
1: theme song in all fairness
0: the song is great
1: yeah (laughs) I love Flash Gordon
0: this does not surprise me in the (laughs)
1: least. speaks Uh, who doesn't want to, you know, be wearing a tight, tight t-shirt that has your name on it that says Flash while you throw ceramic watermelons at people? I do. You know,
0: I- I'm going to pass. Oh. I'm just kind of going to pass on that. one. if I'm throwing ceramic watermelons at people, <laughs> I really don't want to have my name emblazoned across my chest for easy identification. The so best part be of this easily is to
3: identified.
1: this day, I remember the sound effect of the watermelons bouncing off the guards. Boing! And they fall over. Fantastic. And then there's Dale on the side next to Hans Zarkov. Go Flash! Go! Go Flash! Go! Ah, good stuff. There'll eventually be a and Broadcasting commentary on it, but not today. Alright, you, Robert Winfrey, you, tell them about your show. Uh, On Sunday, Jeff Harris and
0: I previewed UFC 223 on the 411 Ground and Pound radio show. Our show went live about twenty minutes after the news broke that uh, Tony Ferguson was out of the main event and that Max Holloway would be stepping in. So you can listen to Jeff's minor like meltdown trying to go through the stages of grief that <laughs> that fight falls through for the fourth time. Uh, it's it's really one of the like I, I was okay with it because I did not expect that fight to actually happen. Like I have that fight is cursed and I can live with that. Uh, so we actually previewed the fight we did get instead, which is featherweight champion Max Holloway moving up on like six days' notice to lightweight to fight for some variation of the lightweight title. That's deeply unclear.
1: Did we say uh, we because... were stripping him? Did we say we were stripping him? Next question, please. Uh, no, but you did say
0: he's stripping Tony Ferguson of his.
1: Terrific. Well, we're not stripping Conor McGregor of his. Next question.
0: Uh, they like They will as soon as the first punch is thrown in the cage. Like... And Next. I think no, and like uh, Khabib actually had the right perspective on this. I think somebody, yeah, I think it was Ariel Hawani asked him, you know, th- this is kind of crazy. You know, why have they not stripped Connor? And his response was, "Because there has to be a champion." You know, if they strip Connor and then you know Max gets hurt or Max misses weight and then wins, then there is literally no lightweight champion.
1: Yeah, those belts are almost as as worth as. Um... Those belts have almost as much worth as a WWE title at this point.
2: Oh, I
0: In terms know. of perception, yes. In terms of actual value to the fighter, not even... Like, somebody did a statistical analysis of fighter pay. And if you are a champion, be that interim or otherwise, you make on average 120% more than you did before you were said champion.
1: Okay, well, the first one's the one I was talking about.
0: Uh, yeah, Perceptionally, like, the UFC has allowed that division to become a mess because they won't just strip Conor McGregor despite him not fighting in MMA in 500 days. More than that at this point.
2: Oh, thank God they don't have that WWE 30-day rule. <laughs>
1: waka waka. We know what the UFC needs, Jack Tunney. He'll fix it all. All right.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Look, man, when Dana retires in the next five years because he's just done with all this, like uh, he could do worse than Jack Tunney.
1: All right, take us home, sir. Take us home.
0: Um. Oh, last thing. Just uh, This coming Sunday, we will review UFC 223 and preview UFC on Fox 29. We lost the co-main event, which was supposed to be Matt Brown and Carlos Condit. Uh, Matt Brown got injured.
1: I feel so bad Somebody for you. Because you were so happy. Know. You never sounded as happy as you, as the main you heard. Event
0: is, hang on. Hang on. There's two things about this. A, they actually have a replacement for Condit to fight. I forget who it is, but they, I believe they do have somebody. And uh, the main event is still intact. And if that falls apart, God help us all. But I still have the possibility of Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje and the, mm. <laughs> the violence they will inflict on each other. Because, uh, oh boy, that's a fight and a half. I mean, I'm shocked that's on Fox. There's going to be so much blood. So <laughs> much blood. Uh, so you can hear us again review UFC 223 and preview the upcoming Fox card, and I think that's it uh, for the immediate future. Uh, again, I, w- I will not be here next week for uh, the TV party that they're doing. But I will be back for, again, uh, Rampage when that's out, and for Infinity War when that's out. And just kinda generally I'll be here uh for damn you Hollywood.
1: All summer long, uh, baby doll. All summer long. It is the winter of Robert Winfrey's discontent.
0: I mean the supreme irony is that it's not all summer long. It's like a week and then a two and a half week break.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, so, it's so staggered in weird that, ways. That's okay. Twenty nineteen will more than make it up to you. <laughs> no,
0: <it won't. laughs> It really won't.
1: Oh the oh if you think this year I inflicted a lot of pain on you, wait till you see the twenty nineteen calendar. It starts in January. You don't get a break.
0: Have you already penciled in Gambit every other week until it actually gets released?
1: (laughs) Yeah, gambit's on standby, yes. But um, yeah. You, normally May. normally you get a break in January But I've got a movie pass And they've got movies we gotta see So you don't get a break <laughs> just, for
0: the, just for the sake of my own Like Quasi I mean there's plenty of time For your schedule for 2019 To
1: fall completely apart Oh, Do, do you want to know what's happening In, in January of 2019 Do you want to know what horrors await you uh, There's Hellboy Which I'm actually kind of looking forward to Alright, um, damn you So, uh, New Year's Day We have a We'll have our review of Bumblebee Followed by Uh, Mary Poppins Returns I'm still
0: not convinced I'm going to I'm not convinced I'm going to actually see Bumblebee
1: No, you used your one get out of jail free card And it was, uh, for Barbie And then they moved it
0: No, no, Barbie's not happening
1: (laughs) No, it just moved To another year um, all right, so, but, but,
0: so I have. Why my one I for the, year. the Barbie movie? <laughs> it's
1: a franchise movie. That's why. Um, all right, so oh. we have. So January has Bumblebee. Wait, wait, why Mar- are
0: we reviewing Mary Poppins?
1: Disney, uh, Hellboy, and Glass.
0: An infected- oh, we're reviewing Glass.
1: Yes, I've already told you this.
0: Ah, damn it! I'm not seeing the Lego Movie sequel.
1: Do I have that pencil then? I assume. You, uh, you yeah, yeah, it's because the stupid Sony... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, silver and black got, uh, got axed. So we're doing that one instead.
0: I'm not Again, I'm not entirely sure I will see that. I hated the first one.
1: You've already said you're not seeing Barbie. You used up your one get LGL free card. All right, let's get out of here.
0: Uh, Dark Phoenix is going to suck. How to Train Your Dragon 3 is probably going to suck. I'm deeply un- ambivalent about Captain Marvel. Well, the Godzilla movie's
1: coming out. Yes, yeah, so I got a whole week of stuff planned for that.
0: Ah, uh, we have the crappy Shazam adaptation. That's gonna go so badly. Dumbo. Robert Downey Jr. playing Dr. Doolittle. Yep.
2: Eh, you know. The voice cast for that looks awesome, though. <laughs> it really does. <laughs>
1: Pet Cemetery.
0: You're probably going to make me see Detective Pikachu, aren't you?
1: Oh, hell yeah. That's penciled in. But don't forget about. Quite,
0: I I need to be on for that. I will absolutely (laughs) not see that movie.
1: Yes, you will. Um, I I
0: will take a moral stance on that one.
1: There's a remake of Pet Cemetery. Um, I saw them. John Wick. John
0: Wick, Chapter 3. Aladdin. Uh, That might be interesting. The Six
1: Billion Dollar Man, Charlie's Angels, because. No, no,
0: no. Don't don't put the Six Billion Dollar Man on there. Just don't.
1: It's on there. Um, Charlie's Angels, because Secret Life of Pets seems to have gone away after the whole scandal thing. Son of Shaft, Toy Story, Cowboy Ninja Viking. No, no,
0: no. No, Son of Shaft. Yes, Son of Shaft.
1: Absolutely, Son of Shaft. Uh, Spider Man 2, Top Gun 2. June has
0: five movies. (laughs) Put something on the 14th. Anything.
1: (laughs) This is what you've been reduced to begging. That's what's happened here. No, no, no. I have a whole... This
0: This is not me begging for my own sanity. This is like, seriously, the only thing scheduled to be released is an ass movie.
1: I have a whole anything week of anything. Sean Garmer. Yeah. I have a whole week of podcasts planned for you to share on the Wrestling to the Max Network. We've got uh, source material dedicated to a Shaft comic, a damn you Hollywood Review of Son of Shaft, and an on trial of the Samuel L. Jackson Shaft movie. Isn't that exciting?
2: I like that Samuel Jackson Shaft movie. There we go. <laughs> I, a- I was also like much younger at the time, so.
1: So let's end this podcast before Robert Winfrey walks in the traffic.
0: I know. We get it Chapter 2 next year.
1: This, and maybe I'll see that one. Maybe there won't be a hurricane.
0: Oh, no. no. You, you will conjure another hurricane.
1: I, will, I didn't conjure the last one. God damn it. Wait, is Jason
2: Momoa seriously set to star in a Crow reboot?
1: Yep, that's on the calendar.
2: Uh, well, that has got ruined. Who thinks this is a good idea?
1: <laughs> There's The Kitchen. That's on the calendar. Everest. That's a rock movie that's on the calendar. Um, yeah, the crow. I put that on the calendar. Uh, Wonder Woman, like Bond, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Star Wars, and uh, so, say Frozen Two. Star and I will just oh. be sad. Star Wars, He Man, and Wicked are all on the calendar. Oh God, that Sonic movie is going to be ass.
0: There's just <laughs> not. There's very little good next year.
1: Oh, I can't wait. I
0: might quit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, <I knew> <laughs> you can't quit. Why not? You enjoy this too much. All right, end the goddamn show not already. That much.
0: <laughs> I don't enjoy it that much. Uh, so hopefully, studio executives look at 2019 and realize, oh, there's all these places we can make better. Let's look at Mark's schedule, and I want you to wreck it.
1: <laughs> like Ralph, I,
0: I just want his effort to be rendered null and void
2: Which we have a the ton majority of, time so, of that <laughs> <laughs> alright
0: uh, on that note me wishing for the demise of Mark's efforts uh, that's going to wrap us up for this evening thank you everyone for listening hope you enjoy the movies and until next time please continue to be well be safe and behave